The following podcast is not for children and contains discussions of adult themes. In addition, this particular episode discusses drugging and the COVID-19 pandemic. Listener's discretion is advised. And remember, listeners, the dreamiest thing you can do is listen to your own needs. Welcome back to the Three Little Words podcast, where we read and rate romance novels on steaminess, dreaminess, and memeiness. I'm Nicole. And I'm Claudia. And today, we will be discussing Love Under Quarantine by Kylie Scott and Audrey Carlin. Claudia, what did you think of this book? I thought it was pretty quaint, to be honest. Honestly, uh, yeah. Happy, happy third year of the pandemic, basically. Yay. Oh, God. This was published in May 2020. Oh, my God. We were so young. So we innocent. So young. I thought for sure maybe this was published in like 2021. But in May, to be writing a, a pandemic romance and the things that they say in it and just the general sentiment of it. Yeah. It just feels so quaint. Mm-hmm. This had me feeling weirdly nostalgic for yeah. early quarantine when people were like taking this more seriously and yeah. like they mention people going out on their balconies and playing music and stuff like that. Yep. So it was like there was this weird sense of community right at the beginning. And I was like, oh, I, I kind of missed this. But also, why am I missing this? <laughs> Remember when Gal Gadot made John Lennon rotate in his grave? Imagine all the people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But I don't know. I thought the sex in it was really hot. Oh, my God. Yeah. But everything else was really forgettable at best. It was cute. Like, I had fun reading it. Would I read this again? Probably not. (laughs) I read the sex scenes a couple of times. Oh, the sex scenes are really good. And there, there are, are, are quite a few, too. Yeah, I was, I was a little surprised. Yeah, I feel like we get like a handful of them, but this one had a little extra, a little extra spice. Not mad about it. I would say like half of the book is kind of sex. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and of all different kinds, too. Yeah. But we'll get into that. All right, so let's start with the blurb. While the world is ravaged by a global pandemic, hotshot NFL running back Evan Sparks is locked in his own personal hell. With a career-ending scandal on his back, Evan hides out in his best friend's empty San Francisco home, the full city shut down, locking him in a lonely 20-story apartment in the sky. Romance writer Sadie Walsh is having the worst case of writer's block ever. Until the incredible muscular stranger staying next door gets her muse going strong. The pair of loners, never expecting to find a friend in all the madness, meet each day out on their balconies like a modern-day Romeo and Juliet. Each new day brings unique challenges for the pair as they navigate the unknown and find solace together. They quickly figure out that as long as they have one another, they can handle anything. Even falling in love under quarantine. Aww. Aww, cute. Hang on, what day did San Francisco go into lockdown? Pandemic? (laughs) What day? 
Uh, the mandatory stay-at-home order took place March 16th and 17th and continued through mid-May. Damn. The early government response is credited with mitigating the spread in, of infection compared to cities on the East Coast. Fuck you. Eh, eh, East Coast, <laughs> East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> so, we start quarantine day one. Dun dun. Dun dun. Dun 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 dun. Not really, that's the wrong. No law and order. <laughs> oh, on order. <laughs> we open with Evan saying, they locked down the fucking city, man. He's speaking to his best friend for whom he is apartment sitting because Jake is abroad. He is in Africa. He is a doctor and he has been there for a couple weeks now, I believe. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so Jake has been in Africa for a couple of weeks, and so Evan is taking over house slash cat sitting, but also he is getting away for a little while because we learn that he's in the middle of this big scandal mm -hmm. where basically pictures of him have been leaked online where he's like passed out on a bed. There's like a bra there. There's Coke and empty bottles of alcohol not and a very weed. good picture. Oh, and, and the weed. I know. Worst oh, of all. I know. <laughs> I say not definitely not getting high five or six days out of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so not a good look. So that's what the public knows, though. What the public does not know in the press is that steroids have also been found in his locker. So that hasn't been leaked yet. But the team and the coach know Mm -hmm. So not a good look. And he's insistent that like he has never used steroids and that he has no idea like what the context of the picture is. He's like, I don't remember this. I don't do this nonsense. He's like, I'll have a drink every once in a while and like maybe a single weed, but never like anything crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So being in San Francisco is also his way of just getting away from all that kind of laying low, which, you know, is very easy in the <laughs> in the quarantine times. Yeah. yeah, really easy to lay low in the first couple of weeks of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. I know I didn't leave my house at all for like three and a half months. Oh like gosh. I literally did not see the sun for mm -hmm. three and a half months. Oh, no, I would go out. I would do my grocery shopping. Well, like when the grocery store started being open like 24 hours again, because there was mm -hmm. a grocery store in town that does that stop and shop i liked doing my grocery shopping at like 10 11 because then mm -hmm. not a lot of people were there and that's like the only time i would go out and i would go for like runs and stuff <laughs> but it's like yeah very very easy to lay low in the early days in the before times oh not even the before times the, the during the, times the before times of the during times yes after the before times yes during the trying times yes <laughs> Our other protagonist is Sadie Walsh, who lives in the apartment across from Evan. Okay. Did you have trouble picturing, like, the layout of yes, this apartment 100%. building? I didn't understand it because they go out and speak on their balconies, but they share a wall. And then there's a mention of, like, one of the walls being all windows or, like, floor-to-ceiling windows. Yeah. I could not for the life of me picture how this worked <laughs> maybe they're like on a corner and so like their balconies are right next to each other like like imagine you have a square imagine four balls on the edge of a cliff okay <laughs> and <laughs> you have a square and there's one apartment 
on like the top edge of the square on the very left mm-hmm. and the other apartment is on the 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 left <laughs> the left <laughs> edge at the very top of that so they're like next to each other in that way and like there's a center courtyard so between them they can talk right here but they technically share a wall but what about the windows the floor to ceiling windows the balcony side has floor to ceiling windows oh i this just made no sense to me (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't think we're supposed to think too hard about it but they do bring it up a fair bit well i'm thinking it's like i always see things about sex scenes where it's like you try to picture the positions that they're in i'm like that was (laughs) me with the architecture of this building (laughs) how does it work yeah well whatever (laughs) So she lives a balcony away from him. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, is doing some yoga in her apartment when she hears Evan yelling on his phone to Evan and then to his his agent or his coach. Oh, no, he he was yelling at Jacob, his friend, Jake. 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 Yeah. And then his friend who doesn't come back. That's right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he doesn't die for all we know. He he might. He might. I mean, not in this book. <laughs> He's got time. <laughs> oh, and, and Polly, the publicist or the, yeah. Yeah, the publicist. Yes. It. So he's yelling at people on his phone and she's like, damn, that hot man, a balcony across from me sure seems like a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Wish he would shut the fuck up <laughs> so that I can go back to not writing God, what a fucking mood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Sadie is a writer. She writes romance novels. I'm sure the writers had to really stretch their imaginations to to come up (laughs) with some of this stuff. And she's just been out of ideas for a while. She sees Evan, and her mind just kind of starts going wild with possibilities. The horny possibilities. Horny possibilities. Also, let me tell you, this is like the plot of one of my fanfics where it's like, writer is very uninspired, has sex with a ton of people <laughs> to get, <laughs> get inspired. That's fun. But there's a lot of smut. My <laughs> smut chapters are like 10,000 pa- or 10,000, 10,000 words long. Hey, as they should be. Hell yeah. <laughs> people <laughs> like it. Anyway, but yeah, so she was super relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but also oh i don't know if i should talk about this now like what how i feel about the characters maybe a little later on no go right ahead i want to hear okay i thought she was very like not like other girls yeah she is extremely not like other girls so much so that it was painful especially the eating yes it's like oh my god like i just love cookies and sweets and it's like damn me too i gotta thing of gummy bears in front of me but i got i got fucking jelly beans i don't make it my whole personality also i don't know if i'm just being a hater i am a certified hater but mm-hmm. the whole not being able to cook thing always annoys the shit out of me because it's like just <laughs> it's fucking not google hard. it it's really yeah. not hard all you need is like the most mild attention span a set of instructions and like that's it yeah it's i, I don't know i just don't get it like i understand not cooking out of laziness or a depression <laughs> but like <laughs> you can learn girl nur- fucking nourish yourself let me tell everyone the secret to cooking just fucking add garlic to it honestly just yeah add like- garlic and just dump some spices from go buy some spices first of all 
and then just dump them in whatever you're cooking. The only spices you need if you're going like real bare bones here, salt, pepper, garlic powder, onion powder, maybe paprika if you're feeling crazy. <laughs> Get paprika. <laughs> you put that shit on everything and you got a, you got a meal. Yep. That's it. That's it. Anyway. Anyway, so that's always like my one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to like characters i'm just like this is ridiculous how do other girls feel you know like the not like other girls thing how do girls who are like that feel girls who like makeup and aren't really huge eaters and didn't grow up with a ton of brothers so we roughhouse all the time <laughs> i don't know i feel like it must feel kind of shitty to yeah no I, to be like kind of labeled as basic yeah basic bitch yeah it just feels very othering in yeah. a lot of ways. It's like, we as ladies, we got to stick together, you know? Exactly. Yeah, so she, like, did annoy me at some points, where a lot of her traits, I feel like, could have been fun quirks, but then they were just hammered into us, like, repeatedly throughout the book. Yeah. And it got kind of exhausting. I think that's the word I would describe for this, exhausting. <laughs> yeah. I had fun... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Evan comes out onto his balcony while she's doing some yoga and he puts in some headphones and he starts singing along to fucking Kenny Loggins at the Gambler. Oh, Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. Wait, Kenny Rogers? That was Kenny Loggins. Is that who's Kenny Loggins? Certainly a person because I know the name. Good footloose, danger zone. I'm all right. It is Kenny Loggins. Did they say Kenny? Oh, Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Yeah. But song by Kenny Loggins, Kenny Rogers, the gambler on YouTube. What the fuck? What? That's confusing. Now I gotta look up the gambler. Kenny Rogers. The Gambler is a song written by Don Schlitz and recorded by several artists, most famously by American country singer Kenny Rogers. Schlitz wrote the song in August 1976 when he was 23 years old. It took two years of shopping the song around Nashville before Bobby Bear recorded it on his album, Bear, at the urging of Shel Silverstein. Oh. Huh. Weird. Okay, so both of these men recorded a cover of it. Oh, really? <laughs> it seems. Huh. Huh. Weird. Anyway, <laughs> he sings The Gambler, and Sadie just starts being a weird catty bitch <laughs> because he can't sing. She's like, oof, that's a bad note. Oh, I gotta stop, man. Those aren't the words. And he takes out one of his headphones and he's like, you know I can hear you, right? <laughs> this is harsh. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, yeah, harsh. Yeah. Oh, to be clear... I know we're picking on Sadie a lot. I'm going to pick on Evan Hart later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. They banter a little bit and then formally introduce themselves. She has no idea who this guy is because she's not like other girls. And so she doesn't watch sports, I guess. Which is funny because you think that would make her not like other girls to watch sports. Well, don't you know, girls watch sports to impress men. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Idiot. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's the only reason girls are interested in anything that isn't hair and makeup. That's true. That's why as a lesbian, I have no interests in my life whatsoever because I'm not trying to impress men. Lesbians are real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The reason you don't see us anywhere is because we're all just sitting at home staring at the blank wall. <laughs> Watching paint dry. 
No, that would be a hobby. Oh, just staring. Oh, okay. <laughs> they decide to like kind of hang out and talk on their balconies. And Evan walks over to her door and sets down like a beer and Doritos. Yeah, six pack of beer and a bag of nacho cheese Doritos. Yeah, he's like, not everyone likes Cool Ranch, but everyone likes nacho cheese. Yeah, but she's not like other girls. She probably likes Cool Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> I did get a little laugh when he said, I'm an equal opportunity Dorito lover myself. And I'm like, mood, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dorito slap. Give me whatever flavor. Doritos are good. Yeah, I want Doritos. Mm. Damn you, Pepsi, for making Doritos so delicious. Damn you. Pepsi Navy wins again. So they talk for a while. Did they say anything interesting, Nicole? <laughs> No, he's just really horny watching her eat Doritos. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's like, yeah. she <laughs> sticks the whole chip in her mouth at once. Oh, man, my kind of woman. And it's like, who can't shove an entire Dorito in their mouth? So not that big. He thinks, damn, wonder what else she can put whole into her mouth. Once again, <laughs> my cock takes notice, but this time it goes full out, hardening painfully against the denim of my jeans. Also, he refers to his penis as Mr. Happy. Mr. Happy. Too much. He refers to it way too often, Way too. too often. It's so bad. Mr. Happy is a character in this book. He really is. And then one time he was Mr. Grumpy because of blue balls. <laughs> also, in this same area, I can't remember the last time I saw a beautiful woman in a pair of sweatpants and a simple, albeit sexy as hell, long sleeve shirt. Oh my god. She's really not like other girls. Claudia, what are you wearing right now? Hey, babe, what are you wearing? A long sleeve shirt oh. and jeans. Oh. And just for Mr. Quentin Tarantino, I'm not wearing socks. <laughs> Whoa, sexy. <laughs> That's the only thing I do for men. Just for him. <laughs> just for you, Mr. Quentin Tarantino. Mr. Tarantino, come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Let me send him a tweet right now. <laughs> Come on the show. I'm not wearing socks for you. I'm actually doing this. Oh, God. <laughs> Friend of the show, Quentin Tarantino. Zero following, 12,000.3K followers. Is this really him? <laughs> no tweets. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna add this guy. Hopefully it's really <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. At Quentin Tarantino. Hey, want to come on our podcast and read a romance novel with us? Smiley face. Send tweet. <laughs> we'll see if that works out what were we talking about that's a good question what were we talking about um oh yeah what she's wearing oh uh, yeah shoving mr happy into her mouth no not the doritos mr happy wishes he was being shoved into her mouth and ground into a fine paste and digested oh god <laughs> <laughs> but yeah oh god it's just like so aggressively not like other girls she chomps on her chips heartily i'm kind of surprised the women i've dated aren't so real they never eat much, drink prissy $15 drinks, and never dress comfortably. Listen, $15 drinks are just like your average fucking cocktail at a decent restaurant. Let's be real. Yeah, and also it's just like, what's the alternative? A beer that has a lower alcohol content? And higher calories and doesn't taste good. And also like makes me bloat and fills me up with fucking carbonation. No. Mm -hmm. I personally... Like me a vodka soda. Splash of cranberry juice with lime. I like wine or cider. I've been drinking more wine recently. Like wine with a... I almost said wine with a glass of dinner. A glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> a 
glass of wine with dinner. <laughs> Your smoothie filled with Soylent powder. <laughs> glass of dinner. As the sun is cresting over the horizon, she stands up and stretches her body. I watch in fascination as her tits rise and I catch a slip of skin at her small rounded abdomen. The woman isn't a hard body, but she's soft in all the right places. Chest, ass, hips, thighs. My normal type is statuesque, fake tits, lips, and skin tone. This girl, she's real everywhere. And I fucking like what I see more than I should. But he admits that he likes fake. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah, just like the, the, the not like other girls. Just, I mean, they're trying to cement that into our brains. Yeah. I don't like how much he, like, pesters her about her terrible diet. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants her to eat healthier because she eats nothing but M&M's some days, which, <laughs> like, you know, mood. But, like, I don't know, the amount that he, like, interferes with her eating habits and stuff after knowing her for less than two weeks <laughs> really weirds me out. This whole thing weirds me out. <laughs> it's so invasive. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I, I have a fucking eating disorder, but, like... I would honestly be very, very uncomfortable with anyone doing anything remotely close to this. I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of questionable food decisions, they decide to have dinner the next day, later in the week. I think it was like the next day. Yeah, the next day. I'm going to be honest. I was doing grocery shopping and then playing Hitman 3 freelancer mode while reading a lot of this book. So <laughs> I got the audiobook, which funny enough, actually has two narrators. Yeah, I've never seen a book that switches perspective do that before. At least not one that we've read. Oh, he also asks Jake if he had ever hooked up with or dated Sadie because, you know, bro code. And so if his friend hit, he can't hit. Am I right, my fellow bros? Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Chest bump. <laughs> Welcome back to three big things. <laughs> with Nikki and Claude. Yeah, the two of the big things are our cocks. <laughs> <laughs> the third big thing is this book between us, between between both of our cocks. <laughs> Unhinged. <laughs> so he texts Jake, but Jake doesn't get back to him right away because time zones. And so Evan is thinking, and rightfully so, he's like, why hasn't anybody from the team called me he's like we're essentially one big family you know this brotherhood you know mm -hmm. and no one's called him so he makes a call to robbie who is the happiest most friendly guy on the team quote acts as like everyone's therapists because he's so even keeled and even robbie's not taking any shit he's like what what do you want yeah the rudest way to answer the phone literally he says what he answers with fire in his tone, something I've never heard in the few years I've known him. And he's like, I can't fucking believe you. Roids, what were you thinking? I saw the pictures, man. We all saw them. Then we found out you had steroids in your locker. How dare you make a mockery of the sport, making our team look bad. All those kids that look up to you, I expected more from you. So much for the teams. Hell, the NFL's best running back. Now we find out your stellar record and performance were because you were juicing. You've got it all wrong, I attempt, but he, he <laughs> but he's undeterred. Fuck you, man. Fuck you. I hope you lose it all. And then he hangs up. The drama. I gotta say, maybe it's just my image of like the NFL, but I feel like fellow NHL NFL Did I say NHL? That's yeah. <laughs> fellow NFL players. I don't feel like they would be like, how dare you? 
How dare you take steroids? How dare he would I take- think they would be like, how dare you get caught taking steroids? <laughs> yeah. This this feels very like, let me take off my white glove and slap you with it. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> there are so many worse things that NFL players have done. So many. <laughs> like, uh, oh, let me let me name a few here. Uh OJ Simpson fucking murdered his wife and her boyfriend, allegedly. Uh, yes, his wife, who I was named after. <laughs> yeah, that was never proven in court, but yes. Michael Vick had a dog fighting ring. What else? There was that NFL player in like 2010 who went to a club with like a gun down his sweatpants and he shot his dick off. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> I actually Googled football player crimes. And, <laughs> and Wikipedia came up. Let me tell you. Or several things here. So let me just read a couple of people who haven't retired or who weren't cut. Mm-hmm. Trayvon Boykin from the Seattle Seahawks aggravated assault causing serious bodily injury and witness tampering. And witness tampering too. <laughs> oh my God. Josh Brent from the Dallas Cowboys. Intoxication and manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Ray Carruth, Carolina Panthers. Conspiracy to commit murder. Oh my God. <laughs> These men are still playing football? Yeah, I'm reading the ones that are like still active, that still have like a team listed because some of them do say retired or free agent or cut. Oh my God. Michael Floyd from the Arizona Cardinals, extreme DUI. Extreme DUI. (laughs) To the extreme. (laughs) (laughs) Dwayne Goodrich from the Dallas Cowboys, criminally negligent homicide. Oh, Daryl Henley from the Los Angeles Rams, drug trafficking and attempted conspiracy to commit murder. Uh-huh. Was that with the other guy? <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> Aaron Hernandez of the New England Patriots. Yeah, go Pats. Uh, first degree murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the New England Patriots. Yeah, uh, New England baby. <laughs> Duncan. <laughs> 10 miles west of Boston. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say there's probably worse things that, that you can do. Great. <laughs> and that's only, that's only football because the, the Wikipedia page breaks it down by sport. <laughs> you want some uh, Greco-Roman wrestling crimes? Yeah, hit me with one. Because Otari, don't ask me to pronounce his last name, was sentenced for 10 years because, uh, oh, because he raped somebody. Oh, oh. that's oh. one. Oh, God, there's one for darts, too. <laughs> Bill Taylor, indecent assault. <laughs> Ted Hankey, sexual assault. Chris Mason has several listed. Assault and assault with intent to resist arrest. Actual bodily harm. Actual bodily harm again. An aggravated burglary with intent to cause grievous bodily harm. <laughs> with with darts. <laughs> Who knows? Under diving, we have one Bruce Kimball vehicular homicide. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll do it. Give me give me a baseball one while we're oh, here. Baseball, all right. Willie Akins, Kansas City Royals, attempted possession of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to have cocaine, but I couldn't. Mike Ballas, on November 10th of 1942, was convicted of draft evasion. (laughs) (laughs) Good for him. Oh, my God. Anyway, so I think that uh, his team is maybe overreacting. 
how dare you get caught? Exactly. How dare you get caught <laughs> attempting to possess cocaine? So then he receives a call from Levi, who's like his best friend on the team. I thought that it was going to be Levi who planted the drugs. I thought so, too. And I literally made a note in all caps. He did it. Spoiler alert. He did not do it. He did not do it. Because it says here, Levi is my best friend on the team and also a running back. Second for my position, though probably first right now. Motive. Yeah. I don't know. Why would they mention that if it never comes up again? Levi doesn't even come up again, I don't think. Once later on. Okay. But Levi is the only person who believes him. Yeah. Well, like that and Trina, who's like team mom. Jake eventually does text back and says he's never dated Sadie. Sadie's hot and sweet, but she's a recluse. Totally not your type. She's the kind of girl you take home to your mom. Don't ruin her. You'd break her heart. Harsh. Yeah. Also, can I say my favorite character in this book is Gloria the cat. (laughs) She knows what's up. She knows what's up. So throughout the book also, there are excerpts from Sadie's manuscript, her work in progress. Did you read those? I read the audiobook, so I had to. Oh, right, right, right. But they didn't section it off enough. So all of a sudden it was like, I wake up, a handsome man is wiping a cold towel across my face. What happened? You were mugged. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> was this all a dream? I like, I like skimmed over it. Yeah. I mean, this was the same thing at um, fucking Route and Retreat Murder, where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to fucking read your book. The one line did stick out to me in this first excerpt. Yes, sirree. The panty forecast is damp for the foreseeable future. I'm like, all right, Sonny from Sunny Says. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, how come they didn't use that in Sunny Says? I guess still a little too risque for 1992. That's true. Well, I thought the book came out in like 2017. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. A little too risque for 2012. We weren't there <laughs> <So> yet. 2012. <laughs> so she has an ex, Sean, who she only dated for 11 months and her parents are like obsessed with him. Her parents want to fuck this guy, to it's be honest. so weird. But she says here, and despite my mistaken attempt, you can't base a relationship around your partner's ability to make you come. Occasionally, you have to converse with them, discuss your day, share your stories, act like you're in a relationship outside of the bedroom. Jesus was Sean Dull. The boy was bland through and through. It's like he actively resisted having anything interesting to talk about. (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, hell yeah, let's roast this fucking guy. But also relatable to an extent. I'm like, ooh, I know I've stayed in situations far longer than I should have because of their ability to sex me good. Sometimes it's like that. It do be like that sometimes. Also, I want to go off about something real quick. Hell yeah, let me hear it. Sadie is thinking about writing her book and about sex scenes and stuff. And she says, back to the subject of Evan slash Eamon. Eamon is Evan's stand-in in her book. I've never actually gone for a jock. However, you've got to figure their stamina would feature heavily in any sex sessions, which can only be a positive, so long as they're not a selfish lay, of course, and our hero could never be that. Who the hell wants to read about a man who doesn't believe in the fundamental laws of foreplay or declines to go down on a lady? No way. There's enough of that kind of assholishness in the real world dating scene. Thank you. Okay. Not doing foreplay, yes. Not good for sex. But I'm going to be more open than I usually am on this show. I'm going to say I don't like giving or receiving oral. Really? Yes. At least for giving, it's really sensorily overwhelming. Mm-hmm. 
And I also have a, a lot of trauma around it. And the whole like treat her right thing, EAT and treat being capitalized, it's honestly like kind of toxic, especially in lesbian communities where they really make eating pussy be like the fucking be all end all of sex. And I really do not like our main character or our fucking authors like actively shaming people who have a boundary. Mm -hmm. You know, it just makes me feel fucking shitty, you know, and I don't think that anyone should be shamed for having a fucking boundary. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I respect that. Like they could have just ended it at who the hell wants to read about a man who doesn't believe in the fundamental laws of warplay. Exactly. And like, you know, it's just emphasis on them being a selfish, assholey lover. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, there's no need to shame what people will or will not do. You know, boundaries exist for a reason. Exactly. It drives me nuts. No, you're valid. Thank you. One quaint early pandemic thing. She talks with her agent and her agent mentions that they're running out of toilet paper in her house. Oh my God. And Sadie says, if your gentle kitchen paper shouldn't chap your ass too bad. I'm like, it might not chap your ass, but it's going to destroy your fucking <laughs> fucking pipes. <laughs> Stupid little side story. I have a subscription to Real, like the bamboo toilet paper or whatever, mm-hmm. that I kept forgetting to cancel. So I, <laughs> each box has like 24 rolls. I oh have two full boxes. <laughs> And then, like, still half a box I'm working my way through. I have enough toilet paper for to not need any for the next, like, seven years. <laughs> There's so much fucking toilet paper. And that wasn't a result of the pandemic. That's just a result of me being a dumb idiot. <laughs> so, anyway, if we get to that point ever again, just know, I got you, girl. I got, I got a whole box of real toilet paper for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. The other thing is, uh, sometime later on, Evan was waiting for her, like, all day to come out onto the balcony and hang out with him because they did have, like, a little hang sesh planned balcony to balcony. Did they have anything planned, though? I think it... I think it was, like, a soft plan. Mm-hmm. That was like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, okay, okay. And she didn't show up because she got caught up writing that day, which is good. Yeah. And the following day, Evan is kind of pissed. He's, he kind of like freezes her out. I was waiting for you. He says, freezes and frowns. We were waiting for you. I mean, I was keeping an eye on, on her idiot cat standing out in the rain, getting all cold and wet. It was pretty fucking pathetic because Evan did actually sit outside in the rain like all day waiting for her. I just think of like David Tennant. <laughs> yeah, David Tennant in the rain. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, maybe that's the reason why she didn't come out. Do you you ever think about that? A rare day in San Francisco where it rains? A man just standing on the balcony, staring into your living room. (laughs) (laughs) Or however, or whatever the fuck he sees, because I don't understand the architecture of this building. (laughs) He's dripping wet, staring right into your bathroom. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Bug eyes. Anyway, huh. I'm sorry. Another grunt, as if he could not care less about my apologies. Oh boy, his shoulders are up, his scowl fierce, I've really stepped in it. Everyone's toughing it out right now, having to stay indoors, not being able to visit with friends or family. I'm the closest thing Evan has to a real human contact with a pal, and I let him down. I didn't mean to, but still. I, um, sometimes when I get all caught up in his story, I lose track of the outside world, I explain. But if I'd known you two were waiting for me, I'd definitely have taken a break and come out and said hello. 
He gives me a quick side glance, not exactly happy, but no longer quite pissed either. Maybe I'm making some headway. And it's like, I don't know, what a what a weird baby. Yeah, like, right? He sucks. <laughs> He's just like, he cannot control his emotions. No. He's constantly at this point, like yelling on his phone to people and like just being so like fucking angry all the time for no reason. Like, it must be the fucking roid rage. Oh. That's the only explanation. Oh, my God. Like, I get he's going through a lot right now, but bitch, so is everyone else. It's quarantine. Exactly. You're not the only one with problems. You have millions of dollars, too. So, like. Oh, let me just fan myself with this wad of hundreds. <laughs> and use them as tissues because I'm so sad about everything happening in my life. Oh, no, I ran out of toilet paper. <laughs> Good thing I have the briefcase from Quentin Tarantino's hit film Pulp <laughs> Fiction. And I can take the $100 bills out and wipe my ass with them. Listen, if I don't got toilet paper, I know Ben Frank. Franklin's got my ass covered. <laughs> uh, I think he was an ass man in real life. I think I remember reading that. Ben Franklin? Yeah, was Ben Franklin an ass man? I call him Ben because we're close. Yeah, of course. <laughs> was Ben Franklin an ass man? What's our Google search history right so far? It's <laughs> football player crimes. Was Ben Franklin an ass man? <laughs> Kenny Rogers the gambler mm -hmm. when San Francisco closed down and Quentin Tarantino's Twitter <laughs> and then I also have 10 miles west of Boston <laughs> yeah in all your amours you should prefer old women to young ones you call this a paradox but demand my reasons they are these one because they have more knowledge of the world and their minds are better stored with observations, their conversation is more improving and more lastingly agreeable. Two, because when women cease to be handsome, they study to be good. Three, because there is no hazard of children which irregularly produced may attend with much inconvenience. Because through more experience, they are more prudent and discreet in conducting an intrigue to prevent suspicion. The commerce with them is therefore form his manners by her good counsels and prevent his ruining his health and fortune among mercenary prostitutes. Five, because in every animal that walks upright, the deficiency of the fluids that fill the muscles <laughs> appear first in the highest part. The face first grows lank and wrinkled, then the neck, then the breasts and arms, the lower parts continuing to the last as plump as ever. So that covering all of the above with a blanket and regarding only what is below the girdle is impossible of two women to know an old from a young one. <laughs> and as in the dark, all caps are gray. The pleasure of having made a young girl miserable may give you frequent bitter reflections, none of which can attend the making an old woman happy. Eighthly and lastly, they are so grateful. Benjamin Franklin. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. For your words of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> that was way longer than I thought it would be. That was a whole ass essay. He, he really <laughs> he wanted to drive his point home there. He really did. Respect. So yeah, Ben Franklin ass man. Ben Franklin ass man. Noted ass man Ben Franklin. <laughs> Give me a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> so yes okay now we get to dinner so he's out on his balcony and they start talking a little bit she lets on that she's a romance writer and he accepts that because people usually make fun of the romance genre and people who write romance and read romance because of misogyny 
Mm-hmm. But no, not Evan, because he's not like other boys. And so he says, okay, great. It's good that you have a job that you love and are passionate about. I've never read a romance, so I can't really comment, but it seems like you're seriously devoted. That's all you can hope for with a career, right? You know what that reminds me of? This comment of like, he doesn't have a negative opinion of romance novels because he hasn't read one. It feels like um somebody wrote this parody article that was like... <laughs> Boston hero says that he doesn't care about trans women playing women's sports because he doesn't watch women's sports and nobody does. Wow. (laughs) What a guy. (laughs) What a guy. I really liked this line where she like says something about eating candy or whatever because that's all Mm -hmm. she talks about. Yeah. He laughs heartily. A girl could get addicted to that sound all deep and low and inviting. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute. Yeah, I I liked it. Yeah, a girl can get addicted to that sound. And she gets horny. Everything in my stomach flips at the noise. My center is once again aching and hot, and it's all his fault. It's disconcerting how easily he gets me hot and bothered. One salacious word, a lustful look, a sexy laugh, and I'm a goner. Also, one more thing about the candy. Candy, (laughs) Sadie, we can do better than that. All that sugar is bad for you. His brow is pinched together, and his head is cocked to the side as he stares me up and down. Explains the curves, though. He grins wickedly. Fuck you. Explains your fat ass, though. (laughs) Deliciously fat. But I would like to note, still fat. And so she's like, that's why I can't give up sweets, because of my ass. Which, (laughs) like, good for you, girl, if that's where your fat goes, not me. Yeah, mine goes right to my stomach and my face. Right to my stomach, yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Not even my titties. Unfortunate. No. I, I lost titty when I started running. What the hell? And I'll never get it back. <laughs> <laughs> Just does not go there anymore. <laughs> you were permanently taking. I've been de-tittied. <laughs> <laughs> Top surgery who? <laughs> One line that I highlighted as Mimi. Life would be easier if Evan was just another gym junkie himbo, except he isn't. He is not only hot, but he's funny and entertaining and sexy and many other things I'm still discovering. Houston, we have a problem. I am officially experiencing feelings and I don't like it. Make it stop. (laughs) God. Okay, girl. It's so much. But also very relatable. He brings the food to her door. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'll have you know that eating cereal outside of breakfast time is one of the true joys of being an adult. Which is true. Which honestly, yeah. Yeah. Fucking slap. It was over for me when I realized I could buy candy whenever I wanted. Oh my God. When I was a kid, my like cousin's husband said the first thing he did when he moved out was he bought a Carvel ice cream cake and ate the whole <laughs> thing by himself. <laughs> And he was like, one day, he's like, you guys are going to move out. I was like seven. He's like, you're going to move out and you're going to be able to do this. And I was like, wow, this is my dream. (laughs) I have yet to purchase a Carvel cake for myself. Next time we're together, we're getting a Carvel cake. We're going to eat it just because we can. Yeah. Fudgy the whale. Come come on our (laughs) podcast, Fudgy the whale. And so she says, he's feeding me. I'm not sure a male has ever actually cooked for me before. Do you think this is part of some sort of mating process or just a friendship sort of thing? What's your opinion, fluffy baby? And the cat's asleep. (laughs) I gotta ask, is this it? Is this what women who read this sort of thing for fun and not for their podcast, like (laughs) dream about just like a guy who's a dickhead, but he feeds you? A guy who does the bare minimum. If I wanted a dickhead who still fed me, I would just go and live with my father again. (laughs) I guess heterosexual women like this stuff 
the bare minimum a man who will criticize their eating habits but then leave a steak at her door wow wow what a guy pretty soon after this sadie's mother calls her out of the blue and she's like sweetie your father he got the virus He's in the hospital? Was that it? Oh, does he? No, he has the flu. He's sick. Oh, like, he's yeah. He's ambiguously sick. Yeah, and they won't test him. They've tested him for everything but COVID because you fucking couldn't get tested for COVID at this point. That's crazy. Remember that? Yeah. Like, they just didn't have the tests. And it's not like they couldn't test for it. They just did not have them. Crazy insane they go shopping together and it's like it's a it's pretty cute scene i want to say before i get into that the dialogue Mm -hmm. is so like forced and unnatural where i'm like nobody speaks like this it's so joss whedon oh my god oh god you're right oh no oh god yeah you're so right yeah, she says here, six feet buster. She reminds me while pointing a finger. I don't want your Corona cooties. It's too much. Anyway, they go grocery shopping. Also, he tells her about his mom and how she died. Oh, yeah. His mom is dead. Oh, yeah. That's his mom's right. like hella dead. <laughs> 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 More dead than the usual dead mom. Yeah. Icy Rhodes. She commuted to Indianapolis for work got caught in bad weather, ended up being part of a 10-car pileup. She was one of eight that died that day. I was 14 and had just started high school. Kurt, his brother, was only nine. My dad has never been the same. Says he married his one and only love and he'd be her husband until the day he dies. But yeah, that's why he's like so domestic and like can cook steak or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I see Rhodes too. His mom's not special. (laughs) Also, her name was Isabella or Bella. As in exactly the same name as the main character from Twilight, which they watch later on. I'm True. convinced it's not a coincidence. Do you think that he that he watched that and he was like inside he 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 got a little choked up? Oh my god, he absolutely I didn't even like register like in universe stuff, but oh my god, yeah, for sure. <laughs> also something I highlighted here, when they're walking, somebody across the street coughed. And they both like kind of flinch. Do you remember that? Like, I feel like even to this day, whenever I hear anybody cough in public and they don't have a mask on, I'm like, oh, it's still a little bit like scary. But it was especially jarring when this Mm -hmm. first started happening. And I was like, this is so real. Like, you can tell this was written early quarantine just based on like the tiny little details I've totally forgotten about. You know what they talk about here that really sent me back is wiping down your groceries yes yeah that was another thing i was like wow you guys don't even know that that doesn't do shit yet yeah i was like i remember buying a shit ton of disinfectant wipes and having to wipe down my cereal boxes and shit crazy god anyway so yeah i mean like if anything i feel like this is a good record of those early quarantine days because they do make it a point to talk about it throughout the book it's not just like okay yeah they're under quarantine because of coronavirus that's it like, no, like you are reminded <laughs> of the virus throughout the entire book. In the beginning, I think Evan's like, they say it's like the flu, right? And people get the flu all the time. And it's like, hey, guess what? Thousands of people die of the flu every year. What? The flu actually sucks real bad. What? That's why you get a flu shot. What? <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> what's the point of Theraflu, huh? You're telling me that over-the-counter medication isn't enough to treat things? Sadly, no. You have to use under-the-counter medication. Ooh. 
It's a suppository. <laughs> the counter is your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I divide my entire body. <laughs> Over the butthole and under the butthole. So at the grocery store, or before the grocery store, when does she give him her number? It's before the grocery store. Okay. Because she shows up late. And so he's like, this wouldn't have happened if I had your number. Yeah, because she has his number. When she gets a call about her father, she kind of panics and calls him to talk about it and vent. And then Evan's like, hey, just describe your tits to me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about them titties, girl. Oh, while you find that, we can insert this little bit here. So throughout the course of the book... She is taking inspiration from their interactions and his life for her book. And so after she hears his sob story about his mother fucking dying in a car pile up, she makes a mental note. Perhaps Eamon, the hero of my book, could be an orphan, grew up fast in a series of foster homes trying to protect the younger kids. And that tickled me for two reasons. One, because wow, what a fucking asshole. Yeah. Uh, and two, foster stuff. Foster kids stuff Yeah, we've again. heard so many characters from foster homes and they really just hit the nail on the head why. It's like they have an air of vulnerability, but they've had to toughen up because of the world. Exactly. And I was like thinking, I'm like, this book, we would read it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we would. <laughs> so I did find it. Okay. They're talking and Evan's like, you know, what I want more than anything. What? Tell me. I want to hold you. Tell you everything will be okay. Kiss your forehead. And your lips. Christ, why I wouldn't give to taste your mouth, make you feel what I'm feeling deep inside. She gasps, but then whispers, I wish that too. And <laughs> Sorry, I forgot how corny the next line is. I press my palm flat to the wall, trying to feel her energy, her presence just beyond the barrier. Wow, love is blind. <laughs> God, I love love is blind. It's so fucking terrible. I am your gift. Season three of Love is Blind is the gift that keeps on giving. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> so much drama, so much scandal. Good. Polly, the publicist, gives Evan a call. So after the photo of him passed out with drug paraphernalia everywhere was leaked and the steroids were found in his locker, they tested everyone on the team for drug use. They tested like more than his urine too. They tested like his hair and other stuff because he, like he would pee it out within 24 hours, but hair samples would be more telling. So everything was clean, except there was a drug found in his system. It was Rohypnol. So Mans was drugged. He was given the date rape drug. Yep, he was roofied. Yeah. Christ. And he actually does vaguely remember that. He was like, I was talking to this woman and then I drank something. And then all of a sudden I woke up, which is honestly terrifying. Yeah, it's not fun. I've been roofied. Have you? Oh, yeah. I never told you this. Yeah, I was at the oh casino my for my friend's birthday. After my second drink, I don't remember anything. Oh, my God. I like have a flash of me being like on a toilet, lying down on it and like puking. And then my buddy helping me out of a car and into the hotel room. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, I ruined my friend's birthday. <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound like it was quite your fault. <laughs> Fortunately, I was surrounded by very good people who looked out for me. But like crazy. It's not fun. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that should happen to Darcy on Degrassi. My life could be on Degrassi. Wow. Wow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway. 
should we get more into the phone sex part? Yes, I, I want to talk about okay. the phone. This is the first sex scene. Oh, right. Okay. So they start like dirty talking to each other. It's kind of cute at first where he says, I want to hold you, tell you everything will be okay. Kiss your forehead and your lips. Christ, what I wouldn't give to taste your mouth, make you feel what I'm feeling deep inside. Sadie, this thing between us, it's growing every day. Do you feel it? Tell me you feel it too and I'm not alone. I, I feel it too. I don't understand it, but I can't deny it's there. The attraction is off the fucking charts. They've only known each other for a week and they're like, oh God, this is so strong. This thing between us. I crave I gotta, you. I gotta say the voice you're doing for Sadie is very much the exact same voice that Evan's narrator does for Sadie. Oh. <laughs> and okay, again, the dialogue just being really unnatural mm -hmm. so he's talking about her quarter size nipples <laughs> and he says i'd suck them into tight little berries make them red and burn with the heat of my mouth pinch them like i would she moans so loud i swear i can hear her through the wall i press the phone closer to my ear i'm so hard for you tell me she half sighs and grunts at the same time Long and thick, I've got my hands stroking up and down. My arousal is beating at the tip. God, if only your mouth was in front of me. Like, it shouldn't be dialogue. You know, like, that's how you write a sex scene. That's not how you write people talking in the sex scene. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's not my favorite, but I did, I did find the scene surprisingly hot. Maybe it's the novelty of having, like, a phone sex scene in a book. Because we've never had this in a book before. Okay, I figured, yeah. Because, like, why would they, frankly? I don't know. Something about the novelty of it was hot. He comes on the wall, which, he like... He does come on the wall. <laughs> he should not do that. His friend is not going to get his deposit back if he doesn't <laughs> clean that right. I just shot my load all over the wall in Jake's apartment. Oh, you were pressed against the wall? Wanted to be as close as possible to you. That's quite romantic for a man that just took me from crying over my parents to crying out an orgasm in the span of a phone call. Rather impressive. The phrasing of crying out in orgasm is so inhuman and awkward. Yeah. It sounds robotic. It's like whenever I write dialogue, I have to speak it out loud. And yeah. sometimes I will replace words because it might, I'm just I'm just saying what sounds more natural. And then I adjust, you know? This is just so awkward and clunky and no one talks like this. Like this is how, yeah, like, like no one... This is how you write a romance novel, not the dialogue. You, you could have written this as, it's quite romantic for a man that just took me from crying to coming in the span of a phone call. Or even just in one phone call. It's a lot better. It takes out like 10 words. Yeah, just parts of this are like really overwritten. The dialogue is very overwritten and yeah. then just written really awkwardly. There's also a lot of weird dialogue during sex. I can hear how much it turns you on. Fuck yourself harder. It's my fingers inside you, plunging deep, twirling around your hard clit. If I was there, I'd suck your little bundle into my mouth until you scream. No one talks like that. Like, that's how you write a sex scene. Your little bundle sounds like, <laughs> like, you know, like a hobo bindle. <laughs> suck your little bindle. He tells her about because because she's she's not like other girls she she doesn't like cyber stalk him mm -hmm. or google him even though she knows that he is a professional football player so there would be something on google about him uh, but she hasn't looked him up she hasn't looked him up on the wikipedia page for football crimes <laughs> <laughs> football player crimes so he tells her what's going on and she says that she believes him that he didn't do any of the stuff that she believes that he is being framed 
And let me tell you this one bit that I was just kind of like gave me the ick. So she was like, oh, he's dealing with a lot. It's all so much, far more than I ever anticipated he'd be managing alone in complete silence, locked away in a home not of his own. Add the virus, the uncertainty hovering over everyone's head right now like a dark cloud, and you've got dire straits. Evan has hit rock bottom, and right now it seems I'm the only good thing in his life, a heavy place to be. And then we never touch on that again. Yeah, because really they're like... I'm not going to say they're all that each other has, but man, they are certainly in a unique situation. I don't know. They they really take NRE to a new level. NRE? New relationship energy. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> like, I think they get way, way too attached and way too, like, I don't know. It just feels weird. Yeah. Like, I understand things are moving quickly because, you know, I mean, it's a story, but also mm. because... Things are far more intimate than they would be under normal circumstances. Mm -hmm. But I'm upset that this never comes up again because he's like dumping all this on her. And yes, she is essentially the only good thing in his life right now. And she has to like carry that burden, which like, you know, even if she loves him at this point, which I, she probably does. They say it later <laughs> on. It's still a lot. It really is. And this could have been a very good plot point later on where she just gets overwhelmed. Like, wow, this is a lot so soon. But no, they mention it as if it's going to be something brought up later on. And then we never see it again. Do either of these authors live with another person? Because like, I feel like if you lived with another person during quarantine, you would understand it's a lot being around one person all the time. This is why a lot of people got divorced. <laughs> yeah, it's so underexplored. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a waste. Yeah, it's funny too, because she brings it up early on in the book that this could be the plot of a story. People get locked in together and then, you know, divorce happens, breakups happen, whatever. She literally mentions that. And it's just like, you could have used that as a point of conflict in your story. Mm -hmm. But whatever. I just work here. Oh, also, as with everything else he tells her, she immediately writes it into her book. It's not like the same scandal. It's like he's, everyone thinks that he fucked the coach's wife or something. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's like not quite on the nose, but it's on the cheek, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in the book, Eamon is being framed also. So it's like we have that parallel too. Mm. Also, moving on, but also, whatever. There's a lot of shit mentioned in this book that just has zero importance. Yeah. Because after that, we have like a whole chapter of him talking to his dad. And like, yeah, he talks about Sadie and he's like, oh, yeah, there's this girl, whatever. But also, there's a lot of talk about his dad and like buying a bar for his dad and his brother. And it's like, yeah. why is it in there? Like, it doesn't need to be in there. We don't care. We don't see it later on. Like, we never see you buy the bar or whatever. I never thought about that. But yeah, the things I remember from these conversations, though, aren't that. It's like the weird snapshots into early pandemic. Yeah. Where the dad is like, he works at a cannery or something, so he's yeah. an essential worker, and he's like, they have us wear masks and face shields at work, and then afterwards, we all put them in a pile, and theoretically, they hose them down or something. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, I don't believe that company does shit. I think that they just put them back. Maybe they, they like rinse them in some water. Because let me tell you, I worked for Cinemark USA at the beginning of the uh, pandemic. 
and an email went out towards the beginning, like before things got like really, really serious. And they said they wanted us to clean down every seat, like wipe down every seat between showings, which is way too much work, first of all. But they didn't want us to use any actual cleaner because it would damage the pleather seats. So they were like, just spray water on it and wipe it down. It's fucking ridiculous. It's like the show of prevention, but not actually doing anything. Yeah, because God forbid it, you know, make a hole in their pockets because they would have to replace the pleather seat. Yeah, I actually still have still have screenshots of the emails, I think. But her emails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like snapshots into early pandemic and stuff. Evan's like, listen, I have all this fucking money. Like you can quit your job. And then his dad says no, because a lot of places are closing down and I want to do my part. Yeah. I was like, oh, damn. Like, because like, there were people like that early on. And I was like, damn, good for you, because y'all probably don't get paid nearly enough to care that much. Yeah. Another thing that I liked for maybe half a second and then it just got overused. Mm -hmm. Because I know in the past we have said that we liked when they would refer to somebody as mine. Yeah. And so he said, my girl. And I was like, ooh, my mm -hmm. girl. And then he says it in every other fucking sentence. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, I, I hate this now. Thank you. Much. Thank you for ruining it for me, you piece of shit. Like, that's all he refers to it now. Like, I'm looking at this one page here. It's not even a full page. It's like a half page because it's the mm. talking to my girl. Sex with my girl. Yeah. I grin. My girl likes my body. It's too much. I don't know. They use it far too often. It's not even too possessive. It just feels weird. Yeah. I mean, because I think, you know, sprinkled in here and there. I like that. You know, or like when someone says like, oh, that's my girl. I'm like, oh. Oh my god, you know? But then he just calls her my girl, my girl, my girl, my girl, my girl. And then he says, oh, her man, referring to himself. I yeah. was like, Jesus fucking Christ, this guy sucks. <laughs> oh, brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> so yeah, they have Skype sex. So the way it starts is by Sadie saying... As previously mentioned, neither of us is taping anything or doing screenshots, etc. And we both respect each other's privacy. Now show me your dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly, I kind of love it. <laughs> that did get a laugh out of me. Fuck me, you have an incredible ass. I want to take a bite out of it like a juicy peach. Jesus, Sadie, you undo me. <laughs> oh no. A juicy peach. Like he could have just, I want to take a bite out of it. Yeah, too descriptive. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Yes, like the most random parts here are just overwritten. <laughs> no one talks like this. And if you, they do, they're not a real person. That's an alien. Remove the shorts, buddy, and I'll take off my top. Buddy. Remove the shorts, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Your top, take it off right fucking now. Christ, are you shaved? Guess you'll have to find out. You're literally on video. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sex scenes, though. I thought I thought they were kind of hot. Um, they made me laugh, but they were <laughs> <laughs> they were kind of hot. I again, I think it's like like how you said before. I do think it's the novelty of it. At first, I was like, oh yeah, I like them, and now that I think about it, I don't think I actually like them as much as <laughs> as I originally <laughs> thought. But they were fun because yeah, we haven't gotten phone sex. We never got Skype sex. Now here we are getting both a twofer. Can we talk about how they're using Skype? <laughs> Yeah, like, y'all are on Discord, let's be real. Discord or Zoom. FaceTime. FaceTime. Slack? Slack sets? Is that <laughs> Microsoft <a thing>? Teams? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Oh, Lord help me, Microsoft Teams 6. <laughs> Nothing gets me hornier than hearing that Microsoft Teams ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby, I am so wet right now thinking about it. <laughs> Take off the shorts, buddy. I am so wet. <laughs> Sadie, you are stunning. I've never seen a woman more beautiful or perfect for me than you. From the top of your golden hair to the tips of your painted toes, you are gorgeous and I can't wait to <laughs> worship you in person in a few more days. Who talks like this? This is the way that writers think that people talk if they don't talk to many people because maybe there's a pandemic. <laughs> I was fucking losing it. If I was there, I'd lick and kiss each ball, then drag my tongue all over that steely length, ending with sucking on the tip, running the flat of my tongue along the underside until you go crazy and shoot off in my mouth. Then I'd lock my mouth around your tip and swallow it all down until you aren't able to move. Jesus! His hands pick up the pace. If I was there, I'd plunge my fingers so deep and hook them up and find that magical spot inside you. When I found it, I'd be relentless, tugging and tickling it while wrapping my lips around your clit and sucking until you couldn't stop humping my face. You'd come over and over, baby. So much I'd be able to sink my tongue inside you and drink deep. I can almost taste the sweetness already. Fuck, I'm gonna come. <laughs> I refuse to believe that a man whose job involves a lot of head injuries is this eloquent <laughs> in his dirty job. But it's like, just the more I reread this, it's like, this is how you write a sex scene, not the dialogue of a sex scene. Yeah, I think he should buy Hitman 3 and play that at the same time as listening to the audiobook to really get the full experience <laughs> of only half listening to it. But being like, oh man... It's hot. Subdue, subdue. Okay, gotta drag him into the box. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> I also... <laughs> his voice, his expression, his everything get to me. This is so much hotter than I ever imagined. Being shy or worrying over the dimples in my thighs never even occurs to me. Evan is just so inspiring and like a duck to water, I go for it. <laughs> <laughs> also, they do go to sleep on video with each other. That is cute. Yeah, which if I didn't have trauma around, that would be cute. Oh, no. I used to have like 48 hour Skype calls. Oh, my gosh. With name redacted. That's so long. It was ridiculous. I did like this line. I thought this was a little dreamy. So this is when they're falling asleep or whatever. I don't bother shutting off the video feed, preferring to fall asleep to the sound of his breathing. If he were here, it would be the sound of his heart. For now, I'll settle for his life-sustaining breath. I like that too. I thought that was nice. Yeah, I'm like, this is this is dreamy. That's nice. Oh yeah, so yeah, the next day. <laughs> literally the next day. They start talking about, like, do you want kids? She literally says, do you want babies? He freezes. I would too. Yeah, I'd be like, bitch, I've known you hang for 10 days. <laughs> this is day 10. And he's like, uh, no, I, uh, I do want kids. And I think we'd make some seriously beautiful babies, even if they do have abnormally large heads to start out with, like their mama. Which, like, honestly, you don't have to worry about their abnormally large heads. Yeah. She shouldn't be joking about it. <laughs> okay, so then we rag on Sean, the ex-boyfriend, some more. He didn't <laughs> want kids because he said children cost approximately a quarter of a million dollars to raise, and that doesn't even include college. They're just not a sound investment. Honestly, Sean is the only sensible man here. Yeah, I'm like, listen, like, I feel like referring to a child as an investment is kind of yeah. weird. But also, yeah, having kids is expensive. Yep. Granted, 
Evan, the motherfucker, makes millions of dollars per oh, year. Yeah. So who gives For a him, shit? It's an okay investment. Yeah. For me, the working man, no. Yeah. <laughs> they charge you for putting the baby on your chest. That's crazy. It's like hundreds of dollars, too. Also, Evan describes Sean as a cock splash. Cock splash. What does that mean? Uh, the splash that your cock makes. Come, jizz. Piss? Blood? Blood? <laughs> oh, God. Go get that checked out. That's what <laughs> you're having, Evan. Also, he says that he's thinking of six babies minimum, three on each team for the daily football practices in the backyard. Sounds like actual torture. It's like, sir, you're not the one popping out these babies. Yeah. They got the money for a surrogate. Yeah, exactly. Little Jimmy's over here like, I want to play football. I want to read a book. No, Jimmy. You are the fifth. You have to be on the team to even out the sides. Readings for nerds, Jimmy. <laughs> Go get concussed like your father. <laughs> <laughs> then they start a countdown to when they meet in person because Sadie's like, I don't want to meet you before the two week quarantine is up. And it's like, oh, we know now that it's more than two weeks that the virus can be on you before it sinks its claws into you and incubates. Oh, yeah. But whatever, two weeks, sure. Oh, we were so young and so naive back then. Oh, so yeah, they're like, in T-minus fucking seven days, we are going to bone in person. <laughs> and then Evan gets a call from his friend, the one who's in Africa, and he's like, hey, they're actually transferring me somewhere else to help deal with COVID. And he's like, I need you to stay there. I need you to take care of Gloria in case anything happens to me. Which is like, Jesus Christ. Seriously? It's too much for this book. It's too real. <laughs> also, he comments that Gloria has gotten fat. And that is because Evan has been giving her like six treats a day. Just bananas. It's a lot of treats. How many treats do you give Archer per day? None. He gets enough to eat. Also, he needs special boy treats, which we don't have right now. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. He's a special boy with special boy needs. I love him. Yeah, he has urinary problems. How many treats do you give Yuji? Uh, sometimes I don't remember to give him one. He, I give him like two max. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and they're the greenies for him, for his teeth. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually putting Archer on a diet at the vet's request. Aw. The vet says he's obese. Oh, Archer. <laughs> Which I don't believe. I think he's normal size. He's a cat, baby. Even though all of my friends are like, "Wow, your cat's really big," and I'm like, "He's not that big." Aww. <laughs> I don't think he's that big. And then they're like, he's rotund. Rotund. <laughs> I do love that word. <laughs> I'm like, shoot, shut up. It's okay, Archer. They're wrong. So the next thing that happens is that Sadie tells her parents that she's seeing some guy. And she's like, oh, yeah, he's a football player. And her mom's like, your dad wants to know which one. And she's like, Evan Sparks. And then there's a lot of muffled talking from her father, like just so just beyond the point. Yeah, huge, huge peanuts adult voice noise. <laughs> and her mother's like, your father says that he's a fucking druggie and that he. Oh, I'm sorry. They're from the South. I say, I say, your father <laughs> says that he is a fucking druggie and that he is an abomination to the very game of football. <gasps> And her parents are not pleased with the idea of her dating him. And her mother's like, why don't you go back to Sean? 
And it's like, Jesus, mom, if you like Sean so much, why would you go back to Sean? Oh my God. My mother has pushed for me to like date someone where she's like, why don't you date this person? So I have been in a similar position where they're just like pushing for one person. And it's just like, you don't know my life the way I do. You don't know <laughs> me the way I do. No. <laughs> See, I've never had to deal with this because I got married at 23. <laughs> but they take it to a whole level, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I might as well put this here because later on, they're in their building and Sean like fucking ambushes Sadie. Not not like literally with a knife right <laughs> with, like, with a care package. Yeah, he shows up with like a fucking edible arrangement. <laughs> He's like, I was just in the neighborhood. <laughs> Sadie's like, oh my god, did my mother fucking call you? And he's like, they don't want you seeing this druggie. <gasps> Sean calls him the drug dealing baller. Drug dealing baller. They keep using the term baller. I've never heard anyone use that term unless it's just no. like, yo, he's a fucking baller, like throwing these bands around or whatever. The resolution is she's like, yo, don't ever fucking come near me ever again. I want nothing to do with you. I'm tired of your bullshit. And she calls her mom and she's like, delete his fucking number. Don't ever call him again. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you right now. Call me in a few days once I've had time to cool off because this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Which good, good for, for you, her. girl. That's crazy for her parents to be reaching out to her ex-boyfriend like that. Like, motherfuckers, you don't know. It's an insane boundary to break. It's ridiculous. I mean, you're not even crossing the boundary at this point. You're just fucking demolishing it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But, like, right before that, we get into their stupid little argument. This barely even factors in. But, like, there's this small bit of the book dedicated to it, and it's so stupid. Yeah. But I don't want to cut it out because it's so stupid. <laughs> we have to it goes in the hall of stupid second act arguments that we've had. He says that he's not good enough for Sadie. For like some reason? What is his reason? Oh, well, she tells him that like, so the reason this kind of comes up is because her parents were like, oh, uh, yeah. you know, this fucking druggie, like, what are you doing with him? Whatever. And Evan, it's stupid, but dad follows sports and they know about the scandal and they think I'm making a bad decision dating a baller who's been pictured with a lot of different <laughs> women. And then the picture of you passed out with drugs in the room. It doesn't look good and they don't know you like I do. I'm not good enough for you, I say to the side of the balcony. They're right. You don't deserve any of this. What I'm dealing with right now, scandals, drugs, a player, you are better than that. Sean is an asshole and I'm a fuck up. A woman like you, Sadie, beautiful, smart writes amazing books yeah i've read one already and i'm on my second you're so talented you do not need the bad press or the shit that my life will bring to your doorstep dating a celebrity is not fun sadie this is a uh, this is claudia here <laughs> i just wanted to say that evan is right you deserve <laughs> far better than sean or evan a nerd and a baller a jock the dichotomy of man <laughs> you've tried the dichotomy of man how about you try the plurality of woman? Oh. Sadie, will you marry me? Please write back in <laughs> two to four business days. I will mail you a ring. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, uh, that was beautiful. That was really romantic. Thank oh you. Oh, my God. Our first proposal on the show. Oh. oh, my God. Cute. Am I going to tell my wife? Oh, God. <laughs> or my boyfriend. Oh, God. Surprise, I'm leaving you for a <laughs> fictional character. 
wouldn't be the first time. Oh, uh, I mean, let me just point my camera at my Nanami shrine in the Nanami. corner real quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but they quickly squash that beef. It's not really beef, I guess. But she's just like, no, no, no. Don't push me away. We're not going to do that. We're in this together, baby. It's like, besides, tomorrow we'll be able to fuck, you know? Yeah, they're having this conversation on day 13. Yeah. If I was Evan, I would keep my fucking mouth shut. Yeah. I'd keep my mouth shut and then bring this up on day 15. Yeah. At least get a get a little, little sample of that mm. post first. Yeah, get some coochie. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to the store again in preparation for their crazy, amazing lovemaking or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's recognized on the streets by a cop? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, oh, like, the first hints at what it's going to be like dating a celebrity because people are like, hey, you're, what's his face? Hey, you're that guy. You're that guy from that thing. They go to the pharmacy to get snacks and also he buys like a fuck ton of condoms and lube and shit. Yeah, he buys so many condoms, yeah. so many boxes of condoms. We finish up our purchases with the cashier giving Evan the bro code version of a thumbs up when he says nice at the sheer amount of sexual paraphernalia he's purchasing. Let me tell you, I would call that man's manager. That's not okay to say. Unless I know you, like we are yeah, exactly. friends, then it's just like, why are you speaking to me? Do not perceive me. Oh, and then like someone's looking at them. So this is from Sadie's perspective. I look around and notice one of the other cashiers giving me the side eye. She just wishes she had a hunkalicious like Evan stocking up to fuck her stupid. Too bad he's all mine. Don't worry, baby. We'll get some more next week, I say loud enough for a side-eyed jealous girl to hear. Petty, but fun. Imagine going through multiple boxes of condoms in one week. How big are the boxes? Two boxes, it's 36 condoms for Trojan Condom ENZ Lubricated. There's 18 per box, so multiple boxes of 18 in one week. I'm trying to think of me in my in my prime. Mm-hmm. So that'd be like five times a day that they'd be fucking. If it's 36 condoms, I feel like I could have done it in my prime. This is like when I was 19. I'm turning 29 this year. That was, that was fucking 10 years ago. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm 30. And on these, these trips that I go to see my boyfriend, we typically have sex like once a day. And by the end of the trip, I just, I just can't come anymore. I just can't get there. I'm just spurting dust. <laughs> well, I'm spurting dust anyway, because I don't have gonads. <laughs> but like i just can't orgasm because my body's just like eh, it's, it's too much <laughs> no in my prime i feel like i could have i could have done it like if this is all i'm doing i feel like i could have pulled this off <laughs> i don't think there was any point in my life where i think i could have pulled that off i'm not built that way <laughs> Oh, she moves in to his place. Yeah, so day 15, she shows up at his house and she's brought a box of her stuff. And she's like, well, like, I want to go back and forth. And it's like safer if we like quarantine together. And it's like, you could have just done this in the first place, to be honest. But also like, girl, you're next door. Exactly. But whatever. It's, it's a cute excuse, I guess. You didn't even have to bring over stuff. Just bring over a toothbrush, maybe your medication, your glasses, your laptop. Yeah. 13 boxes of condoms just in case you run out. <laughs> so they finally get to touch. Yeah. This part was like kind of cute. 
Yeah, I I did like it. I've had these moments, you know, Mm -hmm. because I've been in long distance relationships before. This first like interaction, well, like physical interaction is really cute. He pulls her body against him. My toes are barely touching the ground when he sinks his face against the crook of my neck and hugs me. Not what I expected, but somehow better. His body is shaking and then I realize it's me. I'm trembling in his arms. He runs his hands up and down my back while he holds me, kisses the side of my neck and feather light presses of lips to skin. Relax, baby. Let me hold you. I let out the breath I didn't realize I was holding. (laughs) (laughs) A classic. (laughs) And sink further into his embrace. He's warm and smells of mint, Irish spring soap, and something unique and manly. I soak in the scent and sigh deeply, feeling his chest against mine, his heart pounding. I expected to be nervous and ever so slightly freaked out in this moment, and I sort of am, but mostly this feels natural and right, like I finally found home in human form and it's Evan. Life altered forever. That's cute. I also like that he goes for a hug. Yeah, and because she says, like, you know, not what I expected, but better, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, he just wants to hold her. And then him, like, burying his face into the crook of her neck. Oh, I love that shit. That, that's, the, yeah. that's the good shit. So then they bone. Oh, hell yeah, they bone. So they go to the bedroom. I have a Mimi highlight here. I have several Mimis in a row, actually. Real quick, though, they tell each other mm. that, they, that they love each other. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They uh, they certainly do. Do you buy that? No. No, not at He's all. He's just like, I haven't fucked you yet, but oh my God, I'm in love with you. Let me tell you, I don't buy that they actually love each other, but I buy that they would say it. Yeah. I buy that they are like so bound to each other right now. Like they, they're they the only things that they really have going on in they're, their lives. They're like trauma bonded a little bit because exactly. of like quarantine. This is a zombie apocalypse relationship. Yeah, the best kind. <laughs> he closes the bedroom door so sweet Gloria can't decide to pay us a visit mid-sex. Right now I want to be the only pussy in Evan's life. I also highlighted that for Mimi. It's cool. You wrote you you wrote a lot of this around trying to work that line in. One hundred percent. I see you. He does call her my Sadie at one point. Where I'm like, oh, that's kind of nice. It's nice yeah. break from my girl, my girl, my girl, my girl. And then he says, I think it's only fair that we start this very special act with one thing and one thing only. I narrow my eyes and grin, kicking my feet under him where he's straddling my thighs. Oh, and what, pray tell, is that very special act? He waggles his brows and runs his hand down the front of his impressively tented boxer briefs. It's time you finally show me your tits, princess. I want those beauties offered up for me. (laughs) Just, yep. (laughs) He really has been asking to see her tits since, like, day one. Loves her titties. So her titties pop out, right? And he says, hello, new best friends. I say solemnly, placing a gentle kiss on each pink nipple. They're already hard little peaks making my mouth water. Solemnly really gets me. (laughs) Hello, new best friends. These are my friends. (laughs) See how they glisten. Sadie's laughter turns into moaning as I give in to temptation and suck on one, licking and gently biting at the sweet tip. Her hips churn, rubbing her thong-covered pussy against me. And Christ, I can smell her, her arousal. It scents the room and makes my already rock-hard dick weep with need. What in the ABO? (laughs) (laughs) Smelling her is pretty hot, though. I just think it's so funny. It scents the room. (laughs) 
He puts on a condom and she says, I can do that. And he says, next time. I'm so wired right now. I'd probably come if you touched me. On it goes. And yes, thank God for that. I drag the bulbous head of my cock up and down her drenched slit. And baby girl, you have a particularly pretty pussy. Jesus, look at look at it all swollen, pink and so wet. Fucking beautiful, Sadie. So much more gorgeous in real life. I liked this next part. She gasps, her eyes rolling back into her head as I rub my crown against her hot spot. All, wi- all women are queens, but, <laughs> but Sadie's cunt is particularly breathtaking. It actually says all women are lovely, but every every single time I read it, I'm just like, all women are queens. If she breathes, she's a fun. <laughs> and so delightfully sensitive. I massage her clit, ramping her knee up higher. She sure as shit isn't worrying about anything right now. Breasts rising and falling at a frantic pace with each labored breath. She's well on her way to coming. It was worse than I remembered. (laughs) So she's just like, stop fucking around and like stick it in me. And he says, yeah, sure. Yes, ma'am. He thinks that as much as he'd love to wow her with his foreplay abilities, that's going to have to wait for later. And I thought that was kind of hot because it's like as much as I love foreplay, there's also something about like, I just fucking need you to just fuck me right now. I'm like, hell yeah. Like sometimes it just be like that. And listen, Sadie and others, again, with a man who doesn't know the importance of foreplay or whatever. Hey, guess what? Your first real sex scene, no foreplay. I'm I'm obliterating you in the field of facts and logic. Despite having done this many times before, I'm a new man when it comes to sex with my woman. (laughs) My heart is aching inside my chest at the perfection of being inside her for the first time. And then it's as if I'm going to cry or come, possibly both. Right before that, I really liked the line where he says, Now my mind is really blown. The whole damn world is reduced down to her skin against mine, her legs wrapped around my hips, urging me on. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's kind of, it do me like that sometimes. It really do. There is one meme thing I want to talk about at the end. So is there anything you want to talk about before that? No, 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 go ahead. So they come. White hot light blinds me, my body shaking. Nothing's ever been this good. No touchdown or perfect pass, no trophy or win nothing i really love the sincerity (laughs) with which our audiobook narrator delivers this to nothing's ever been this good no touchdown or perfect pass no trophy or win nothing nothing he really commits (laughs) honestly that's some good audiobook reading yeah it's, it's kind of mediocre overall but i did like that there are a couple of sex scenes but the other one i want to talk about because i did actually find it hot Mm-hmm. was the overstimulating one. Oh my god, yeah. Where he eats her out for like an hour. Oh my god, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to make you come over and over until you beg me to stop. And she literally, at the end, has to wrench his head away because he just will not stop if she doesn't. Whew. And then she she blows him. And I do enjoy how much she enjoys sucking dick. Oh, yeah. And how much she enjoys eating pussy. I do. I do enjoy. I enjoy how much they like. It. Oh, yeah. They were really into it. And apparently yeah. they're both very good at what they do. The book is very sex positive in a nice way. It doesn't feel very like puritanical culture. Mm-hmm. Sadie is pretty upfront that she like enjoys sex and she's a romance writer and enjoys writing sex and stuff. I really like that aspect of her character yeah because like yeah let's fucking defend this genre it gets mm-hmm. so much hate for no reason except for the fact that it's like targeted towards women and women are the yeah. people who 
indulge the most. We kind of started this podcast thinking like, oh, we're going to find like a lot of really goofy stuff. And we have. Yeah. But also like we found a lot of sincerely beautiful writing. We really have. And it's like, oh, I always love when we're pleasantly surprised by something that's like very good. Yeah. AITA, biggest surprise of the year. Biggest surprise of the year. Also, I literally haven't stopped thinking about One Last Stop since we've read it. It's so good. It's so good. Immediately after, he comes, fuck, I roar, feeling like a king as the woman I love pleasures me with her mouth. I didn't highlight that part. Literally, when you stopped me, I my eyes went directly to that part. And I'm like, <laughs> I already know what you're going to read. Yeah. <laughs> so after their, uh, their uh, fucking... Blue jube. Blue jube. Sadie pulls me onto the love seat. The second I'm sitting, she straddles my lap and removes her t-shirt. I can't even think straight enough to comment on seeing her spectacular tits because she reaches behind me for the afghan and wraps it around her naked back. Then she leans forward against my chest, skin to skin. She presses her forehead to my neck and kisses my chest. I wrap my arms around her, allowing her warmth to soothe my ravaged body and soul. And so I'm like, oh, that's like kind of cute. But also I just immediately thought of like skin to skin contact with like a newborn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, come here, my baby. I thought it would do. <laughs> Tell me $700, please. <laughs> so pretty much the only thing Evan remembers from the night he got roofied was that the blonde chick's name was Mindy. Like he let his publicist know that and like she hasn't really gotten anywhere with it. But Sadie's like, all right, like cracks knuckles. Let me look into this because I can do this. And it's like, girl, why didn't you do that with Evan? But okay, whatever. And so she starts going through everyone's social media. Evan sees a picture of Mindy with Levi, his friend from the team. And this, again, I thought it was going to be fucking Levi. Yeah, it really feels like it should have been. But then the author is diverted at the last second. Yeah. And so it was Levi and her in the same picture. And so he calls Levi and he's like, yo, who the fuck is this? And he's like, oh, just some chick, but I have her number. And so it's like, haha, he has her number. So yeah, so they end up finding like Mindy's Instagram and she the one that set you up, he asks. His voice sounds a little tortured. Why? I don't know. It, yeah. Uh, why? How? How? How is he not the one to to orchestrate this whole thing? But whatever. Is he just supposed to be a red hair? I guess so. Because it's like he has motive. He has a connection to the girl who roofied Evan. And now the way he's speaking is like a little off, you know? He has established means, motive, and opportunity. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. So yeah, so he's able to give them Mindy's number. So they call Mindy a bunch and she doesn't pick up. But then Trina, his team mom, she called earlier in the book and she had this this mysterious cough. She was feeling a little ill. <gasps> mysterious cough. And now it is so much worse. She's like, okay, listen, honey. I got, <laughs> I didn't mean to sound like that much <laughs> like I'm dying, but it's in character. Okay, listen. <laughs> I get information on Mindy. Her name, her name is, her name is Mindy Good. She roofied you. Uh, I have some documents I'm sending over to you. Anyway, I'm dying now. <laughs> she literally she dies. dies on the phone with him. The drama. She like stops responding and her husband's like, Trina, Trina. Oh my God, she's not breathing. And then hangs up. <laughs> yeah. And then later that night, her husband calls him back and is like, Hey, she McFreakin' died. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't make fun of it because it's like, you know, people died in the fucking pandemic. But at the same time, it's like... I feel like we just gotta joke about it. It's how we cope. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that she died on the phone. It just 
so melodramatic. <laughs> like she should have gone to the hospital like a week ago. <laughs> but right before she died, she managed to hit send. That was her last act. I do like that Evan has like a really hard cry about this because yeah. this woman has been kind of like a, a surrogate mother to him. Yeah. Like he joined the team and she's like, you're my son now. My baby boy. The news made me raw. The loss and re the reality of how close it was fe felt intense and devastating to us both. Sadie cried with me. Our tears mingled until they turned to kisses and light touches. Then she made love to me, removed our clothes, and set about making her man feel something that was beautiful. And it's like, is this, I don't know, is this necessary to include? Yeah. This feels kind of kind of weird. Like right after that, it says the experience cemented this woman in my soul in a way I would never forget. Fuck everything else. I live for her. They've known each other for 17 days to make Sadie <laughs> happy, to make myself happy with Sadie, to build a life, a life worth living. This is like April 10th. <laughs> so I guess it was just to emphasize like, oh, he's like she's there for him and she let him cry in her arms. Yeah. Anyway, so the thing that Trina sent over was like a cheerleading application for Mindy Good signed, signed and approved by the coach who doesn't normally do that. So Evan and Sadie are both like, seems fishy. Yeah, especially because she's being offered like a fuck ton of money. Yeah. And also, I think it was like a three year contract. Yeah. And then everything that would come after like sponsorships. So it's it's a it's a really good deal. Yeah. They get through to Mindy on the phone. Well, after they leave a like a threatening message. Yeah. Which was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And they record it, which if you don't tell her that you're recording it, it's not even missable as evidence. But OK, she's like, yeah, I, I roofied you, but only because the coach told me to. So we find out that the coach was told that he would get like a million dollar bonus if he could cut a few million dollars from the team's budget. And Evan got signed for like a 14 million dollar contract for the following year. And so he was like, if I can get a scandal to get him off the team, we don't have to pay that. And also he won't be picked up by another team and used against us. And so he hired Mindy to do it in exchange for this huge cheerleading job and that's that that's it they both are gonna do some jail time probably yeah she gets like a couple months and they think he gets like a year and then probation for another three or something like that yeah add it to the football player crimes list <laughs> yeah add it to football crimes football crimes i don't know it's kind of a weird letdown of an ending and the other half of the ending is that First of all, they're starting to get hounded by paparazzi, like, in their own living spaces. Like, one of their neighbors sent, like, a blurry photo of the two of them in their own apartment from, like, across the courtyard to, like, TMZ or something. <laughs> Which is very funny, to be honest. Like, get that, get that bag. <laughs> Sadie is like, I'm not used to this. And she also finishes her book. Uh, her book about two people, a uh, huge... Soccer player, soccer, hockey, some kind of athlete, huge sport baller <laughs> who Hockey's a is involved in <laughs> sport pucker, <laughs> port sucker, <laughs> who gets involved in some big scandal, but he was framed for it and he falls in love with his neighbor. So she sends that to her publicist and her publicist is like this fucking rules. And this is going to make you so much money. We're deep into the publishing process now. 
And Evan sees the file like open on her computer and he reads some of it and he's like, hey, <laughs> what the fuck? And she's like, you're overreacting. These people aren't us. They're just characters on a page. So I was a little inspired by our situation. Even the press compared us to a fairy tale. Doesn't change the fact that the book is fiction. And he says, I don't believe this shit. He slams a laptop shut and tosses it to the couch. You really think after weeks of being torn apart online, I'm interested in having any more of my private life up for public consumption? I trusted you, Sadie. Please don't yell at me. I can explain. I've heard enough bullshit to last me a lifetime. Never expected to get used and betrayed by you, though. The one person in this entire world I fall in love with screws me over. You, you don't mean that, Evan. I would never. You already did. Baby, no, you're not getting it. You're seeing this all wrong. And then he, like, takes her keys and moves into her apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way he reacts makes me feel like, oh, yeah, he hasn't changed at all because it's been, like, three weeks and he's still a raging asshole. <laughs> it's just that he's been having a honeymoon period. Three weeks is being very generous. This was on day 17. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Two and a half weeks. In a way, it reminds me of Victor Rohan. Oh, my God. But, like, going back and thinking about it, Victor was way more of an unreasonable asshole. His fucking fiance is literally dying in the other room. And he's like, how dare you? How dare you hurt my feelings? <laughs> and meanwhile, Evan's like, I really wish you hadn't written my entire life into your book, including my dead mother. Yeah. It feels really invasive and weird, and I don't want people to talk about us and be weird about it. And he storms off, and then that night she comes over, and he's like, I'm mad at you. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'll delete the book. She pulls a memory drive out of her pocket, and she holds out her hand, palm open. I want you to have this. It's the only remaining copy of the book. I deleted all the others. I'm giving it to you. I'll never publish it. Not ever. Please, just don't let this be the end of us because I don't think I could survive it. Not after having the love of a lifetime. The love of 17 days. Damn, those were busy 17 days. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I hate myself for what I did for risking our love like that. And he's like, yeah, our love stories." special you didn't do it on purpose i can see you wanting to share something so beautiful but i agree and he's like you giving all this up like it says that i'm more important than anything to you and i feel the same way i'd give up everything for you to have you in my life in my bed as my other half i plan on marrying you when all this is over sweetheart nothing between us ever again yeah sure 17 days let's get married whatever and then they're like haha makeup sex and he says top off now give me my pretty tits <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and also they fuck raw he says saw your pills in the bathroom this week got tested when the team did their other tests you know i'm clean and i trust you she says i'm clean and so they decide to do it raw and i'm like okay there are way more concerns than just scds here like this has to be a, a, a much bigger talk and not a decision you make in the moment when you're already horny. It just feels like a lot to fluid bond with someone that you met 17 days ago. 17 days. 17 days. It is, you know, the breeding kink and stuff. And it's, is it hot? I guess. But also, like, it just feels like a lot. Yeah, so she rides him, and then... At one point, she says, he fucks me so hard, my tits bounce and my teeth rattle. 
<laughs> sound like grandma's wind chimes. <laughs> After they come, finally he stops moving his hips. The space where our bodies meet is now just a messy playland of our combined releases. And she says, you forgive me? He nods. You still love me? He smiles. You want to marry me one day? Would marry you tomorrow if I could, Sadie. Get married on Microsoft Teams. I grin wide. I love you so much. I'll never forsake what we have again, I promise. He dips his face so close our noses touch. I believe you and I love you too. So, you know, he's like, oh, you know, all this shit happened. But if it didn't happen, I wouldn't have met you. And she says, now that's a silver lining. Yeah, it is. Because in all this, I not only won against him, him being the coach, I won the girl too. She says, can we eat now? Yeah, baby, we can eat. She attempts to let me go, but I grip her tighter. Her brow furrows. What is it? I chuckle and just look at her. Who would have imagined through all of this, the scandal, your writer's block, me hiding out in Jake's place, that I'd find the woman of my dreams and fall in love under quarantine? Love under quarantine? They said the thing. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been an awesome book title. She winks at the camera uh, and then stands (laughs) up on her toes and takes my mouth in a sweet kiss. Nah, nobody would read it anyway, I tease, half joking. She giggles and I walk her back over to our lunch. Yep, a lifetime of being quarantined with Sadie won't be enough. I'll always want more. The and. Yep. We did it. Okay, so, Nicole, Evan Sparks, smash or pass? Uh, smash because that motherfucker has $14 million. I'd baby track him. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. (laughs) I gotta agree on those grounds. If he was dirt poor, no No. way. He just seems so annoying. It's not even like he's an asshole or like he's he's abusive or anything. He's just like, I don't want to hang out with you. You're so annoying. (laughs) But he's got a big dick. He's got a big Mm. bank account. What else does a girl need? He knows how to cook. Yeah. There we go. go. The three things. (laughs) The three little things. (gasps) We did it. (laughs) The podcast is over. We did it. <laughs> yeah. So smash only just be only because uh your girl's broke and I could use a couple mil thrown my way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Nicole. Sadie Walsh, smash or pass. It's gonna be a pass for me. Yeah. It's a soft pass, but yeah. she is also just pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah. She's not like other girls, Claudia. Yeah. I would <laughs> uh I would go over to Makeup Test and get Allison Avery's recipe for a Starburst Martini and then go back to Love Under Quarantine and have a Starburst Martini with Sadie because she would like it because candy. Yeah. (laughs) I would maybe be friends with her and then like, I would kind of like leave her messages on Discord up and unread <laughs> because like I I'm trying to remember to like respond to them but like I don't want to. God, that's such to, a like, fucking. <laughs> I don't want to answer right now because it's just like it's so much effort right now. But yeah, I'll get back to you, Sadie. And then like a month passes and I'm like, oh man, that notification is still there, but it's faded into the background because my ADHD. So anyway, that's gonna be a soft pass. Soft pass. I agree. She's just not. She's just not interesting. Yeah, <laughs> she's just there. Like, okay, they're both pretty boring characters. They really are. But at least Evan's got money. Yeah, that's his best personality trait. His bank account. <laughs> <laughs> 
fat cock and a fat wallet. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Nicole, what do you give this book for steaminess? Oh, I don't know. Because I feel it's like I want to give it like a higher score, but the steamy scenes were also very meme And so I'm like, should I rank it lower because of that? <laughs> should I Should I separate the two? I don't know. I'll give it like, okay, I'm going to try to just be steamy and ignore the meme I'll give it like a 3.1. I'm going to give it a three and a half. I okay. came into this episode being like, I didn't really like this book, but I loved the sex scenes. <laughs> I'm going to give those like a five. And then we read the sex <laughs> scenes again while I wasn't like turned on and or playing Hitman. And I was like, oh, these aren't that good. No. <laughs> but there was like a lot of them and they were like straight up porn. Yeah. Like I did. I did enjoy like the fact that they were graphic mm -hmm. i enjoyed some of the stuff in it yeah and it was fun seeing like phone sex and skype sex because yeah. you know just a little, little extra flavor it was novel yeah claudia what would you give it for dreaminess uh, like one half yeah <laughs> this is the one relationship that moves really fast to where i'm like I'm okay with this because it is such a trauma bond. Mm -hmm. But in the back of my head, I'm like, they're not going to last. They're not going to last to fucking July. No, ain't no fucking way. The second that lockdown lifts, guess what? One of them is going to fucking split. Yep. There were a couple of dreamy moments that I highlighted throughout the book. But yeah, just, I mean, I think my favorite dreamy moment was him like, trying to make her laugh and stuff at the grocery store because she was so nervous to be out and around people. I'm like, oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, I did like that. And then a couple of things were like being in his arms was like home and shit like that. Cute, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll give, I'll give it a 1.6. No, no, okay. one, and a, one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Nicole, what do you give this for meaniness? Oh my God. I'm going to give it. A 3.8. I'm going to say like 3.5 as well. Yeah. A lot of the things that made me laugh were definitely unintentional. So I'm like, yeah. that's, that's, that's the Mimi I was going for when we first started this podcast. <laughs> we're like, yeah, that's what we're <laughs> looking for. There were some parts that like genuinely made me laugh. But also I feel like it took itself way too seriously for it to be more funny, you know? Yeah, there's kind of a brutal death in the middle of this Yeah. Book. The thing is that it's a novelty book. And I think the authors knew when they were publishing it, like they were clearly inspired by like the situation to be like, here's something that could happen during the quarantine. Mm -hmm. But it's like this book has the exact same purpose as the Chuck Tingle book about like being fucked by the coronavirus. <laughs> it's the same thing where it's like, here is a weird gimmick concept about the thing that everyone's going through right now yeah it's mimi a part of me weirdly does appreciate like some kind of documentation of early quarantine yeah. this book is valuable in this way oh yeah i mean this did a really good job of reminding me of how things were like just three years ago god that's fucking crazy three years yeah yeah because i mean so much has happened since then almost so much has changed since then it was just so weird to be like nostalgic for that <laughs> Yeah, and like I was nostalgic for like watching like TikToks all day because like TikTok got really big around this time yeah. for like normies and not just like you know children. Teens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I downloaded TikTok in like March of 2020. 
Exactly. Like seeing all the weird creative shit that people were doing on there. This one TikTok in particular that was like this one person making a strawberry pie and there's this like nice like French music in the background, but like it's like intercut with them like frantically washing their hands and like slowly having a breakdown as the music gets like weirder. And it's like that's what it felt like. Yeah. That is really what it felt like. But it also like reminded me of the nice things that happened early on in quarantine. I'm yeah. thinking like like the way that we still found ways to connect even though we couldn't like really be in the same physical space. Yeah. Like I'm just thinking me and one of our friends, I would like bake shit and we would meet in a parking lot and park several spaces away and like talk to each other <laughs> like <laughs> in this parking lot and I'd bake something and then so she would roll up her windows and I would place this like plate on the trunk of her car and then she would come and get it and we would like exchange things that way because it's like yeah. not to not have any contact but still do things with each other yeah i remember there were like a couple of game studios that gave away some of their old games for free for a little while just because it was like you know everybody's got jack shit to do right now unless you're an essential worker in which case this sort of nostalgia is very different mm -hmm. My wife was and is a certified nursing assistant in a nursing home at the time. And I'm sure the stuff that they can tell you is a lot different than the stuff I can tell you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. As somebody who got laid off immediately and then spent the next like six months just like collecting so much money on unemployment. Oh, my God. I was only laid off for three weeks and I made more money in those three weeks that I didn't work yeah. than I would have if I was just working. It's I made double my salary on unemployment then. It was insane. We saved the money that let us move into this house and escape our fucking yeah, abuses. It's fucking nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. And for me, it was the perfect excuse to leave a job I hated. Oh my God. Yeah, it was great for you. The pandemic was the best thing that ever happened to me. Honestly, in a way, yeah. Like what else happened in the, during the beginning of the pandemic? Like I started get I started my meds. I was like, mm -hmm. I also, I moved out. What a weird time. Yeah. A lot of horrible shit happened to me during that time because I was so close to my fucking abusers yeah. then. But like, a lot of good came out of it for me. And this this was such a weird time capsule of it. Yeah. The six feet apart in public thing. Yeah. I'm not going to say it doesn't do anything, mm -hmm. but the fact that people were like, oh, we need to enforce this six foot boundary mm -hmm. and not like farther. Like six feet isn't that far. No. And it's like, especially for if you're not masked, that's that's like nothing. Yeah. That's why I was saying, like, it's quaint. The groceries thing, COVID can't really live on surfaces like that. Mm -hmm. The fact that people were taking it seriously to a degree. Yeah. Of course, there are always some people, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it was so weird. It Just remembering how seriously we took it for the most part for like those first two weeks when we thought we were only going to be quarantined for two weeks. Yeah. Because I don't want to say they're positives. I think it's just like us making the best of a bad situation exactly. and finding ways to still be human throughout this whole thing. Yeah. I really remember fondly the videos of people like, I think in Italy, especially like playing music out on their balconies yeah. for other people like in their general area. Yeah. And like, as much as I made fun of it, I kind of fondly remember the, the Gal Gadot Imagine <laughs> video. Like, it's so bad and corny and out of touch. Yeah. But also it's like, 
I don't know. Nowadays, I find it kind of nice that like, I don't know, these these people who are so completely out of touch <laughs> were like, oh, I feel like a common person right now. <laughs> it's, like... it's, it's kind of quaint. It's kind of nice. Also, Big Time Rush reunited and they sang oh. an acoustic version of Worldwide. Oh. And I was like, this is the good shit. And it was like, I'm like, you know, fuck the Imagine video. I'm like, give me this. This is the Big Time Rush. That's the good shit. <laughs> But yeah, what a weird fucking time. Like I just, it, it, it's so weird to be nostalgic for this. Yeah, it just proves that you can kind of be nostalgic for anything. Yeah, truly. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. So Nicole, what are, your, what are your final thoughts on this book? Final thoughts is I had fun reading it. I wouldn't read it again. Honestly, the best part of this book was just the fact that it made me nostalgic in a weird way. Yeah, it was a really interesting read, but not for the reasons that it was supposed to be, you know? 100%. <laughs> My wife texted me and said, I'm nostalgic for that fucking COVID bonus pay. <laughs> God, what a fucking mood. <laughs> <laughs> they did get hella hazard pay yeah. <laughs> around that time. I'm not going to say I recommend reading this book. Because I don't, I don't think it's that good. I think it kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to the authors, because you clearly put effort into this. You were clearly inspired. You, you clearly had fun with it. Yeah. And it brought you two together, and that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But it sucks, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's such a weird little time capsule. Yeah. And, like, the fact this was published in May. Yeah. In May. It's like, you bitches haven't even hit the summer peak yet. Yeah. You bitches haven't even seen the, seen the fucking George Floyd protests. You haven't seen the election. Oh my. You haven't seen the, the beginning of the vaccine shit. Oh my god. So much has happened in these three years. Yeah. Holy shit. But yeah, just, just like you said, like, it was like an interesting read, but not in the ways that they intended it to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, seek out this book if you're, if you're interested in like a weird little nostalgic read. Honestly, yeah. I don't think I'm going to be over this for a little while, just like remembering all the shit that's happened in the last three years, but especially early on. Yeah. I'm glad we read this. Yeah. I'm glad we read this now in April when this episode is coming out. Yeah. End of April. Because like, it's such a good time for it. Mm -hmm. Because that's when this book takes place. Yeah. It takes place like basically three years ago, like today-ish. Yeah. It's when it ends. It's crazy. Whew, man. Anyway, interesting read. Claudia, what are we reading next time? As we move into May here, we're going into another themed month, and <laughs> we are going to be entering Sequel Spring. Yay! So we are going back to two books that we read that have sequels that we have not touched. <laughs> two fan favorites. <laughs> next week, we are going to be reading Almost Broken, the sequel to If I Break. And the only book that we've read that, like, ends on a cliffhanger, like yeah. a, a hard cliffhanger, and that doesn't resolve at all. A big really. cliffhanger. So I'm excited to go back to it, even though I know that <laughs> I bought the audiobook for it. And as I was hitting redeem audible credit, I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> sorry, Portia. <laughs> <But> <laughs> so yeah, next week is going to be Almost Broken by Portia Moore. And then... Two weeks after that is going to be 
Kidnapping and Cameron Glenn, the sequel to Mountain Retreat Murder. Yeah, going back to Cameron Glenn, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I'm weirdly excited for both of these. Yes. It's been too long since we've read a bad book. Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. It's going to be a time. <laughs> it will. All right. And Claudia, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at PunkDyke, P-U-N-K-D-Y-K-E. Can't believe nobody had that at. And you can, I mean, I'm going to start pimping Oak's Twitter too. Hell yeah. Because Oak, our editor here, uh, Oak put in the sound of a slide whistle so that people <laughs> know that you exist. <laughs> <laughs> Oak can be found at Oak Alexandrite on Twitter. Nicole, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SexyPagliacci. That's S-E-X-Y-P-A-G-L-I-A-C-C-I. You can follow the show on Twitter at The3LW Podcast. We are also on Patreon at The3LW Podcast as well. One more thing. We're approaching our one year mark here. (gasps) I'm going to cut off nominations for our upcoming award show here. And the two books following this are going to count for next year. Yeah. So in four episodes, we will see you at the first annual Wordies. Yay, the Wordies. We should dress up in ball gowns. We should. We should dress up for it. We should. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you for tuning in. We will catch you next time. Bye. See ya. This episode was brought to you by our patrons June B, the Evergreen Collective, and Coralie, and by listeners like you. Thank you. Journey to distant realms. Explore the furthest reaches of the universe. Survive deadly dangers. Experience matters of the heart and more in a new actual play podcast. Join me, Audrey. That's right, just me, as I play tabletop games designed for one player. From journaling games to tarot games to even games that take me outside, I'm bringing you along for the ride. Join me for every episode of Alone at the Table.